<laughs> Shape up over here. Okay, I'm doing important business. Praise the Lord, everybody. How's everyone doing? Pretty good. I'm joking. Yeah, I hope you know that. <laughs> you can talk all that you want to. Um, thank you all for all your prayers and your kindness to us. Of course, Amen. through all the October, November season, you we we put you to work with all of our special things in our lives, and I thank you for all your kindness. But I, and then for Elaine's mom to pass, it was a, uh, I guess we weren't caught off guard, but, but nonetheless, it, uh, I'm, I'm thankful that we made it through and we had kept our right thinking and, and uh, we're hopefully we said some things that were an encouragement to our family. And I, I, hope, I do hope and pray that. Um, I don't know that we did that hot on our, on our uh, sale, but, but I, I have heard of a company or two that will be happy to come and pick up things if we want to stop there and start to go in a new direction. Right. Anything we, we got out is a success. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and I thank everyone for filling in. Yes. Uh, because that all of a sudden became uh, something that we had to get around. But um, reminding you that next this coming Saturday will be our, uh, of course, Wednesday is our Bible study. And uh, I enjoy those immensely. And then uh, Saturday we'll, at noon, we'll meet here. I think there's a list going around with everybody participating and we're trying to make up a Thanksgiving meal. And uh, looking forward to that. Bring somebody with you. Have, let's have fun. It's low key. Uh, I mean, I can't prove this factually, but I find it about 99 and 999 thousandths of a chance that well, the craft is not going to preach on hell. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just don't see that happening on a Saturday no. uh, lunch for he's here to encourage the church and and um, I just feel like uh, you can bring someone they can be encouraged. And then, of course, he'll be here a week from today, next Saturday, Sunday morning. He'll teach in our class and of course he'll have free reign to teach whatever he wants to. And then um, Sunday uh, service and then, and then probably we'll go out somewhere if, if you all will try to set that up to where we can go out and have some fellowship. And any time I can get you around the a man of God like Brother Kraft, I just know that he's an encouragement and he'll bless you and, and you would enjoy that. So I'll just be aware of all those things going on. I am looking at the, um, I want to say the 18th just to make sure. Sorry, sorry. Yep. Um, the 18th of December is a Saturday. Would would you all be okay if we had a Christmas banquet for our church that evening? And um, I could have a speaker come in and we could just have a great time. Um, and it would just Four, be a, a time to... to uh, six o'clock? Five o'clock? What time? Probably six. Would that be okay? That way everybody can work all day and do everything they need to do. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks a lot, right. The more time I give you, the better the fruit will be. <laughs> oh, maybe that was out of order. Sorry. <laughs> but, but, but the joking aside, you all feel like I'm, I'm kind of in our first year here, so I'm trying to get feel you all out to make sure that I'm not... I asked kind of if there were any dates that were going to be, I know Christmas gets to be very busy. A Saturday would allow people to prepare food if they wanted to, if we do this kind of a potluck type of situation, would that be all right? Um, and we'll, we'll just have a great time. How does that sound? Everybody any? okay with potluck? Yep. It's cook or pay, so. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. How about if we, um, What's a Christmas meat that you'd like to have that is not the norm? How about a stuffed pork loin? Everybody Would you all like that? Pork? Look at us. We don't say no to much. Would the pork be offense to anyone? Everybody eat pork? Sounds good. I'm good. Sounds great. And I'll do a lot of sauce for that. So we're doing that, it sounds and we'll like. Do, and we'll, we'll make that for everyone? And then, and then we'll have a list for stuff you want to bring with it. Fair? Yeah. And, um, 
Is there anybody that won't eat pork? Let me, uh, let me ask it like that. Okay. All right. And we'll catch shorts and... and um, Dinah. And Dinah. And, and Sister Sandra is upstairs. She's oh, she's upstairs. upstairs. Okay. So I'll, I need to check with them later on today and make sure that it'll be okay. If there's a conflict there, I would might come back to you again. But otherwise, we'll just plan on the 18th, okay? And we'll plan on us doing the entree. And, um, and if I need to have a second entree, I can, but I, I would prefer having one and do it well, if I can. Susan, I really like some noodles. <laughs> oh, was that a subtle hint right there? <laughs> <laughs> Are you opening the door for me to talk about desserts? No! <laughs> These ladies have been cooked. I know it. I was hesitant to even offer, but I, I thought maybe you all would. Just for fun, I'd like to try something different. Sounds good. It probably would be breading and fruit and inside of it. Yeah. And then and then with a a nice clear. We have to wait until when? I <laughs> know. <laughs> and we'll just slice it and just yeah. give everyone and have plenty there. Okay. All right. So we'll plan on that. And if you know of anybody that again. This Saturday at lunch, and then the 18th of December uh, at 6 p.m., and we'll obviously have it here. And please invite folks. Uh, all I'll ask is that if you invite someone, let us know ahead just to make sure we're preparing the food, and we'll kind of keep a estimate estimated number on the foyer table just to be sure that everyone knows how much we're cooking for. That'd be okay. Sure. But if we could get 40 or 50 people, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? And just uh, why not? And I'll have, I don't know who yet, but we'll get a special speaker in here and um, someone that will bless us with a Christmas thought and uh, just have a good time. All right. All that hot air, but it's just trying to keep us ahead of the things. Students, it's always a thrill and great to have you. We just feel like that you are right here where you should be. But I, I um, know that we're borrowing you from another church. So we do it honorably. So last, uh, several weeks ago when I was here last with you, we talked about worry being that God has an antidote, God has a way of fixing this. And I, I want you to know I'm using uh, paper today because uh, this is a series I did way back in the 90s, to be honest with you. Before they had computers? Is that what you're saying? No. <laughs> it was before my computer would print all this. <laughs> but uh, it is really a good Bible study. And so I may do several weeks on paper, if that's all right with you, just because I know it's really good stuff. And I'm lazy. I don't want to put it all on my computer again. So uh, Psalms 23, if you will turn with me there, and we'll just read verses 1 through 3. Brother Green, are you okay reading that out loud for me? Everybody knows this by heart, but, but I'm turning there to make sure that I... We're rejoicing, but David got a new job. I know that Walmart was killing him. And I thank God for that. I, I feel like that's an answer to prayer. Yep. Sister Susie has not had any pain to talk about with her with her surgery on her wrist. And I, I also want to thank the Lord for that. Amen. But the Green has had some uh, more people working on his job. It seems like he's a little bit freer. I'm, I'm rejoicing over that because he was doing way too much. And um, uh, Sterne, your husband, is doing good, and we're going to see him someday next year. <laughs> You're going to see him someday next year? Yeah. <laughs> and a hunting widow. <laughs> All right. And Brother Little, we are praying that God keeps on helping him. Yes. We trust that the Lord is guiding him, his steps with his workplace and everything, and we're excited for them. All right, Brother Green, Psalms 23, 1 through 3. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. All right, so today, my focus of these three verses is he restores my soul. Um, Everybody needs to be renewed in God periodically. Yeah. I say periodically, only stating that 
um, to one, it might be, you know, spend a certain amount of hours or minutes, you know, in another, it may be days. But, but thank God the Lord is kind to us that the church can come to, come to a, a manner of living for God and, and what we can do is we can grow in God. We get hurt. Life is tough. We get beat up. Discouragements hang on us. Uh, depression and despair are weighty against us with circumstances that we're facing and relationships that aren't always what we want them to be. I mean, we human beings go through a lot. And it's not just if it's a good day or a bad day, if I'm working day or if I've got the day off. It's much greater than that, isn't it? Yeah. We have fatigue. We have failures. We have frustrations. We have fears. We are really a very needy people. And, and the Lord's illustration of us being sheep, desperately needing a shepherd, is a very true illustration. Last time we talked about how important it was that first we have to make him Lord if we're ever going to allow him to become our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And we have to have that calm assurance today that the Lord is going to help us through thick and thin in everything that we face. Amen. God wants to take away, if I could say this, all of your emotional garbage, all the things that were leftovers of situations and relationships and, and all the things we've already mentioned that we face in life. God wants you to be victorious. But victory is not just in numerically how number, what the number is in our church. Far more important is the victories that are being won in your heart and your relationship with the Lord. That's what we're looking for here. Because I trust if, if every one of us here, any one of us, and every one of us, could ever connect into our confidence in God, it automatically is going to be a magnet that's going to draw people and want them to come to a church that has hope. None. Hope is not, cannot be artificially manufactured. It's not words in a scripture that is sitting on your coffee table. Hope has got to become that thing that is real in our own individual lives. Amen. You, agree with, you can agree with that, can't you? And so today I'm talking to you about damaged emotions. And, and again, through Psalms 23, I think that the Lord gives us uh, several things that we can bring up today that will help us to, to deal with this. Um, a few years, uh, years ago, an angry man rushed through uh, the museum in Amsterdam until he reached the Rembrandt's famous painting called The Night Watch. He took out a knife and he slashed it repeatedly before he could be stopped. A short time later, a distraught, hostile man slipped into St. Peter's Cathedral in Rome, and with a hammer, he began to smash Michelangelo's beautiful sculpture, the, the Pieta. Two cherished works of art were severely damaged. But what did the officials do with this damaged art? Throw them away? Forget about them because now they were damaged? Absolutely not. Using the best experts who worked with utmost care and precision, they made every effort to restore each of those treasures. How valuable are you in God's sight today? If you merely look at your life as just part of humanity, you are missing out on all of the promises God has given to us in his word in order that we as individuals could have this incredible relationship with the Lord and a confidence and enjoyment in living life. I can't take away your problems. I can't take away the issues. I can't take away all the, the negative emotions that are going to affect you over this next week. But what I can do is I can restore your strength by restoring your confidence in God. Amen. How does God do it? 
He does it when you allow him to make three changes in your life. These are the three we're going to talk about today. Let God remove my guilt. Do I remove my guilt? No. Guilt hangs on me. Guilt is like another coating of clothing I wear that I know about, that you may not know, but I know. And therefore, it affects all my decisions. It affects all my confidences. It also affects all my insignificance and, and failings when I can't face things properly. The second thing God wants to do is let God relieve my grief. We, the outcome of these emotions that are plaguing us is that we are grieved by them. We are disturbed. We are affected. We are overcome and overwhelmed by feelings that I may not see in your life, but they are there and they are very real. Right. And the third thing is let God replace my grudges. Because oh. <laughs> the fact of the matter is I view people based on how I feel about myself. That's why Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second commandment is like unto the first. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So God's got some work to do here. Not because we're <laughs> a certain group of people that, that is above and beyond or worse than anyone else. But, but thank God we can be at this place in a church that, that cares about us and a God who loves us and that he can give us words that can help us, console us, and strengthen us. Amen. Grief, guilt, grudges, these are the three things that keep you emotionally unstable and unable to deal with life's crisis around you. Anybody... Want to disagree with that? Can you agree with that? It's true. I'll go through my notes here, but anytime, again, that you have a comment or thought, because our goal here is to strike uh, truth in our lives today. Right. And I don't think I'm going to tell you anything you don't already know, but maybe in enough of a uh, focus of thought that will allow us to look at things and situations. Psalms 38, 4 through 6. Sister uh, Susie, well, you will read that for me. For my iniquities are gone over my head as a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. Wow. There's a man who became king over all of Israel, who God said was a man after his own heart, a man who took down a giant, a man who won great victories, but he also saw himself through his humanity. He had problems, difficulties. We all have plenty of reasons to feel guilty in our life. Yeah. We all are imperfect. The Bible tells us that. We all make mistakes. Not only that, we make uh, and do things wrong on purpose. Oh. Or at least I have. Sure. If, if, if you all are past that, overlook me, please. <laughs> and the fact of this is that, is that by nature, we carry our guilt on our very shirt sleeves. Guilt has everything to do with my feelings. It affects it. It magnifies it. It brings it out, doesn't it? Um, Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We know that. Mm -hmm. We can't get away from it. It's, it's in our mind. It permeates our view and our vision. If, even if we go in a new location, we carry the same guilt and consciousness of that guilt with us. Right. Amen. Everybody say, praise God, is through one page already. I could stop any time, by the way. <laughs> I'm not here to kill you. Right. 
But we're talking about things that are really real in our life. That's why I felt like that this was really a great series. Proverbs. I've got something to say. Okay. So, the guilt, you know, when people do something and then the guilt is so consuming and they feel like they have to go elsewhere to a different church, they just take that right there with them. And until they face that, you know, I mean, you can you can almost track them. They can't stay even in one place very long no. unless they face that guilt and, and rectify it. Mm-hmm. That's so true. That's right. Here's, um, I catch Proverbs uh, 27, is it? No, let me hold it. Let me look, sorry. Uh, no, 20, verse 27, excuse me. Proverbs 27, 27? No, sorry. Proverbs 20, verse 27. I, I did that wrong. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Let me give you um, another translation, but um, the Lord gave us a mind and a conscience. We cannot hide from ourselves. Interesting. We thank God for your conscience. The writer in the New Testament warned us. He said, "Don't don't let there be a hardening of your heart. Don't, don't let there be a, uh, uh, don't let your conscience be seared as with a hot iron. In other words, that it scales or scabs it over to where it's untouching, un, un, unable to be touched. Amen. Thank God that you feel the way you do. That's a sign that you could be restored. Right. That's the good news today, isn't it? Right. How do we get rid of guilt? That's the big question. How do you deal with guilt in your life? And, and um, here are some options that I have people have told us about that are not always true, but I'm going to give them to you anyways. Yep. You can deny it. Yeah. You can pretend it doesn't exist. I'm okay. Uh, how often have we heard that? How often have we said that? <laughs> you can uh, bury the past, but that doesn't work either, does it? If it's still alive, it resurrects itself. It's amazing. Just about the time you think it's buried, those feelings come back into your mind at the most inappropriate times. Denying guilt does not relieve guilt. Point number one. Option number two, you can minimize it. Oh, it wasn't as bad as I say it was. It's no big deal. Not that big of a sin. I've seen others do worse. Right? Then why do you still remember it? (laughs) Why can't you forget it? Because minimizing our sins don't work either. And I'm assuming that all of our guilt comes from sin. That's what the Bible would rely to us, reveal to us. Number three, you can compromise it just by lowering your standards. Well, everybody's doing it. So I guess it's okay for me to, too. That means that what I did wrong isn't really wrong because I just was misinformed. If you feel guilty about something, you just say, I don't believe it's wrong anymore. That fortune cookie concept. Commit a sin twice, and it won't seem like the sin anymore. All we need is multiplication. The tenth murder isn't nearly as bad as the first one. There you go. Is that good thinking? If you keep doing something over and over, your conscience will eventually become seared to it. But that doesn't relieve the guilt. So we have conscience, consciousness, and we have guilt. And they both are, are dealing with you. They're an inward inspection, isn't it? It's something that, that you may see my actions as not, as not very commendable or not very Christian, but you don't see what it is that is, that is making me act out. 
And so sin and, and guilt are, are things that we have to deal with. God wants us to be restored today. Amen. Number four, you can rationalize your guilt. Everybody does it. In the first place, everybody doesn't do it. Even if they did justifying it by somebody else's behavior, won't ever make it easier on you. You can always find somebody who is worse than you are. Yeah. Rationalize means rational lies. Oh! <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like that. How about you? That almost hurts. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I rationalize my guilt, I'm trying to convince my heart about something I know is wrong with my head by saying, it's okay. But your heart always wins out over your head. There, that'll preach. Even prisoners pick on child molesters in prison. Why? Because they esteem them to be worse than themselves. So they're not fixing their guilt and their sin. They merely are making somebody else pay for what they seem or think is worse. <clears throat> Praise God. Number five, you can blame others. In our mind, we have a scale between what I do wrong and what you do wrong to me. Right. We balance it. I feel bad about this, so I'll blame you for that. <laughs> when you're blaming other people, it doesn't make you, it doesn't make it any easier on you. It just seems like it gives you a reprieve that is not real and it's not lasting. Number six, most of us beat ourselves up, don't we? We self-administer punishment. Inside, we know that somebody has got to pay for the wrong in my life. Subconsciously, we set ourselves up to pay for our sin. Can guilt make you sick? Yes. Absolutely it can. Can guilt cause depression? Mm -hmm. Absolutely it can. Can guilt cause you to set yourself up for failure? Every day that's happening around us. Without a doubt, how many successful people go along fine and then all, all of a sudden, seemingly, they cave in? Why? There is a little guilty feeling that says somehow in their subconsciousness, you don't deserve to win. Wow. So I'm really talking about a really hot issue here, that, that we have all of these years we've been in church, and, and our goal is to uh, let a man examine himself to see whether he be in the faith. It's a, it's a very true and honest concept of living for God. Uh, sometimes we want to measure our, our uh, fruitfulness in living for God based on our faithfulness to attend services. But I think God wants us today to uh, be able to examine ourselves and see how that we are, you know, covering and taking care of these things that are so important in our lives. The problem is that with all these, uh, the problem with all of these is simple. We know that we are guilty. And none of those six things really changes that. It's just man's way of self-medicating ourselves to, to minimize the pain and the suffering. There is only one solution to your guilt. You've got to give it to God. He's the one. He's the only one. He's the only way to remove guilt today. So like how? Well, I'm glad you asked. Thank you. So we need to deal with this because I, I am no professional, I am no 
one that can sit here and brag. Every one of us have to take every layer of our lives where we have been done wrong and hurt and depression, all, all of those things that have happened in our lives. And ultimately, each one of those is like a, a piece of the puzzle that gives us the big picture of our sin and getting our heart right with God is, is I think, the big picture of life that God wants us to see. Romans 3, um, this is Young's literal translation. Do you mind if I read this to you all in this translation? Uh, this is 23 through 26, so I already read you 23, but let me just read it all the way through the chapter. For all did sin and are come short of the glory of God, being declared righteous freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God did set forth a mercy seat through the faith in his blood for the showing forth of his righteousness because of the passing over of the bygone sins and the forbearance of God for the showing forth of his righteousness in this present time for his being righteous and declaring him righteous who is of the faith of Jesus. In other words, if we are going to find true forgiveness, it is only going to be through Jesus Christ who in his wisdom, in his foreknowledge of man, and in his knowledge that all would sin, already created in the redemptive plan a mercy seat that every one of us can run to and find help in time of trouble. Why do we come boldly to the throne room of God? Because that's where the mercy seat is. Amen. This is King James now. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, I think this is the new century. All of us have sinned, yet God declares us not guilty if we trust in Jesus Christ, who is mercy, who in mercy freely takes away our sins. The most basic truth of Christianity is Jesus Christ has already paid for all of our sins. Everything you've ever done wrong has already been paid for. Everything you've already committed, the stuff you're going to do later, all of your sins, mistakes, and regrets in your future, in your future have already been paid for. You just need to ask God to forgive you and accept what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross where he already paid for all of your sins. Just accept it. That's how your guilt will be removed. No other way. No psychologist can remove your guilt. They don't have the power to forgive you. You didn't hurt them. But the creator of the universe does have the power to forgive you. I don't know what you've done, but it doesn't matter because your forgiveness is not based on how bad you've been, but how good God is. What matters is not what you've done, but what Jesus Christ has already done for you. Praise, God. Praise the Lord. If you trust in Jesus, how do you get forgiveness from God? Trust. You don't beg God. You don't bribe God. You don't bargain with God. You just believe the gospel. You trust. Accept Jesus Christ's free gift. And that's why it's such good news. It's free. I can wipe my slate clean, start over, and have a clear conscience today. Thank you, Jesus. But you've asked God to forgive you many times and you still feel guilty. No matter how many times you ask, you still feel guilty. That means you don't understand how God forgives you how it's immediate, how it's free, how it's complete, and how it's unconditional. How it wipes out the guilt the first time you ask. If you keep asking God to forgive something you've already asked him, you're saying you don't believe he forgave you the first time. And that is sin. If you feel guilty about a sin, you've already confessed to God and still feel guilty about it. That guilt is not from God. 
It's from the devil. He wants you to feel bad, to continue feeling bad, to feel uptight. Before you commit a sin, Satan minimizes the sin. It's no big deal. After you commit the sin, the sin he says, the sin is so big, <laughs> God could truth? never forgive you. Oh, my word. Is that true? So let's talk about how God forgives. Colossians 2, uh, 13 and 14. Sister Susie, you got that okay? Colossians 2, 13 and 14. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. How many? Oh. Okay. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Okay, how does he he utterly wipes out blotting out this ordinances? He literally wipes out the evidence of broken commandments. So not only the sin, the actual event but also the very fact that you broke sin and you knew it or you became aware of it. And that broken commandment, which always hangs over our hearts and completely annuls it by nailing it to the cross. All of your sins wiped out the evidence of your sins completely. When God forgives, he forgives completely. Can you understand that today? I mean, we say we do, but I'm, I'm hopefully taking time enough to, to magnify this point today. That, that you can understand that God wants you to be completely free from all the things, decisions, failings. All the things that are going to affect your emotions today. By wiping those sin out, you are going to be able to face today with a fresh look, aren't you? He takes your sins and throws them in the deepest part of the ocean and puts up a no fishing sign and says, forgiven, forget it all. Amen. Uh, Romans 8, 33 and 34. Uh, Sister Renee, you got that? Romans 8, 33 and 34. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also make intercession for us. All right. Who can lay anything against God's charge? In other words, who is going to throw and find a crack in God's, in the gospel of Jesus Christ, that says this situation was so bad, was so appalling, was so horrendous that the gospel doesn't cover it. There is nothing out there that can, that can stop that. Are we doing okay? So, we're not going to get through with this lesson today. No. But I don't want to rush it through either. Do, when that scripture says that God that justifieth, just as if I had not done it. <laughs> right. Justification. We, this is something for us to think about. We, we are all long-term folks who live for God. We have, we're older in our life now. And yet, um, some of us are. Giving Jeff and Brandon the... Uh, they know a lot. A few days. But, but they don't know as much as we do. How about that? But, but I can't say this, that we are examining this because... I think that sometimes we don't give the sin enough credit and therefore we can walk away. And I, that was so eye-opening to me that every time I'm going back and asking God to re-forgive me about my past, is that really wise? Is that really what God wants me to do is to dredge up my past that I've already asked him to forgive me? Is that going to affect my day if I haven't really laid it to rest yet? 
And so this idea of getting this full forgiveness is, is hovering on my shoulder today. God has already done it. But, but I need to appreciate and, and to walk according to this confidence in God that he has truly given me everything I need to walk freely and to be free from my sin. Even if you, even you don't have the right to condemn yourself, though I know so much more about Kevin Erickson than you do. I need to give this to the Lord. I need to start taking time in my prayer life that repentance is not just one part of the Lord's model prayer he taught us. But I need to be able to take time and say, Lord, I, I want to today begin to thank you for all that you've forgiven me for. That you're going to cover me today. And, and Lord, I want to thank you for your forgiveness. And Lord, I want it to affect my day today, the way I approach this. The way, and I think it's, I think it's a learned trait we have to learn, isn't it? The Bible already says we can have it, but yet every one of us has to, to apply this and begin to become uh, able to say, the Lord has already forgiven me. Some of you confess a sin to God and keep bringing it back to Him. When you get to heaven, you'll find that it was forgiven the first time you asked. God not only forgives, but He forgets. That's one of the most amazing things in the Bible, that the creator of the universe who made you and me can actually forget. Not that he can, but that he chooses to. He chooses to forget sin that has been confessed and forgiven. He wipes it out. That means never to be brought up again. God's not going to bring up your sin of the past. He says he completely annulled it. That means it has been completely paid for. When you pay a bill, do you still worry about it? The moment you pay a bill, you stop sweating over it, don't you? <laughs> Jesus on the cross said, it is finished. What did he mean by that? I paid for your sins. So what are you worried about? If God forgets, uh, forgets a confessed sin, shouldn't you? Why keep beating yourself up over something God isn't beating you up over? If you don't really feel forgiven, every time something goes wrong in your life, you're going to think, God's getting even with me. I deserve this. He's not. If you put your faith in Jesus Christ... God's not going to get even with you because all of your punishment was taken by Jesus Christ. He paid for our sins. Why punish you when he's already punished Christ? Jesus voluntarily took it. He laid down willingly on the cross. He paid the penalty of sin so you wouldn't have to. Jesus was nailed to the cross so you can stop nailing yourself to the cross. Let God remove your guilt. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Comments? Thoughts? I'm really not going to go any farther than that today. It's going to kill you all. Is it okay if I do this again? Yes. We're talking about relieving my grief next week or not next week but I'm going to give you two weeks to mull this over well this is actually really good because I'm having an issue with a church friend and this is really good yeah <laughs> yep was it something I said no I hear Stop. just another friend of mine I didn't, I, I didn't. been very upset at me and I didn't even know why Listen, we, we have all of life to deal with issues. But, but why, why worry about the past ones now? If this is truly, and I, I mean, I feel like we've looked at enough scripture today to verify that this thing has already been taken care of. 
I don't think that can be misinterpreted what we've read today, do you? I, mean, I felt pretty confident that, that we were getting the right translation on that. Thank you, Jesus. Comments? Mr. Nance, a word of wisdom? <laughs> the fact of the matter is it doesn't matter how long we've been in church, we need this. Right. Isn't it? Right. We're not going to measure ourselves by mature or immature for something that's stupid. But we need to realize today that every one of us have our things we can we can look at what we've dredged up from the past. We can look at how we're handling wrong feelings today. Huh. And you're not going to forget those horrible occasions in your past. We're mm -hmm. all to be able to say it's taken care of. Right. It's covered. Right. I, I'm good. Can I ask a question? Yes, sir, please. You had said that all guilt is based on sin. And let me throw a scenario right there. Because I'm dealing with something called survivor's guilt. I don't think it has anything to do with sin or not. Define that. It has to do with the feeling of me being here and others not. Do I view better Christians? Yes. Better men than God to be. So I have this guilt in it. I ask, like, God, why? And the answer that I come to, and I hope this can help you guys, is that he loved me enough to say, I don't want you to go to hell. You have some things to work on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You're not going to where you think. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Nice. That, that, and we may have a work for you to do for some of Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And while I'm crying, it's not necessarily tears of sadness, but of joy to say he loved me that much. Amen. I had... Some of you people may know Mark Romero. Ooh. Some of you may not. And I went to a funeral service yesterday. And I've never been to a service in my life that I can say not one person was there, had a bad word to say about that man. Awesome. And I knew him in less than a blink of an eye. But every time I was around that man, he made me feel special. Yeah. He made that me someone feel the that I was Fairmore better Church? than he was. Westwood, yeah. And then I say, God, why would you take that man? <laughs> and leave me. He had so much to offer the world. Jesus. And that says, Dave, that's an example. God put an example of your, in your life of how you should be. But it's just hard to say to yourself, man, I'm going to hell and I don't know what to do. I don't know how to be better. I just don't. It's not for lack of effort. David, let me, I, I wasn't being rude. I was just looking up a verse real quick. Okay, I don't, don't mean to be thinking I'm on the phone here. Um, I'm, I, there's a number of these verses, but I'm just going to read Psalms 88 and 1. A, a song or psalm for the sons of Korah. To the chief musician upon Malayath, Lenoth, Masakil, Masakil, 
of Hermon of Ezra. O Lord God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before thee, that my prayer come before thee, incline the ear unto my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draweth nigh unto the grave. He goes on, and they begin to praise him. But the sons of Korah, the power of that is, is that you remember Korah was a man who rebelled against Moses and against Aaron, saying, you take too much upon yourselves. We're all holy men here. And he was questioning Moses' leadership uh, with Aaron. And that's when they, they did the rod, uh, the almond branch, and, and the Lord chose, uh, you know, and, and God brought the answer. But the Bible says when God brought judgment upon Korah and upon the 250 princes that were with him, the Bible said that the earth opened, which was a new thing, and they all fell into it. And then it says this, but the sons of Korah died not. They watched their, their father and those who he influenced who were doing wrong and rebelling against God, against Israel, judged that day. But, but the, the scripture goes on, and if you ever look through the sons of Korah, look it up in your strong is exhaustive, and start reading the Psalms that were written to them, you'll find that they are the ones who praise and worship God. They became the worshipers. Why? That they could rejoice that, that the Lord didn't bring judgment upon us, but he allowed us to live. That we could give praise unto him, and we could be that people that would give him due honor and praise and glory. What a, what a joy. It became their, their, their prized possession, their, uh, their, their gift from God, that they weren't taken in judgment, but they were given the opportunity to worship God. And I, I feel like a situation like you're talking about, uh, Dyer's Remorse, that, that that's a similar situation where we can um, thank God for, for a man who served God and loved God, but even more so what, what you could be influenced and how that you can go on and walk in his footsteps and even greater, and that the Lord has given you a chance to impact your world in this hour and, and change lives. And that's a, that's a privilege God has given you. That's his favor. Not, not that you deserve to be in the grave and he doesn't. You can't look at it like that. You have to trust that God, precious is the death of his saints. That's what the Bible says. God knows when to take each of us home. And you just have to trust that that's true. Lord knows Brother Nance had much to offer our world. His love, his, his kindness, his knowledge of truth, his love for souls. But, but when the time came, we just trusted the Lord had his way. And, and now he's in a better place. And we rejoice for him. And now we're, we're trying to do, and we're following his footsteps, and we're, and we're going forth, and we're going to be a church that's going to impact our world. And we have that privilege. Amen. And we just have to look at it like that. Sorry, I don't mean to make, talk too much. Anyone else today? Well, I have another question on the other side of it. How do we forgive and forget like God does? That is the third one of this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You'll because, have to come back. <laughs> because you're, you're right. I mean, we have to... And, and I... Did you all like this lesson? Is it valuable? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we'll have, um, we're going to talk about grief next week, but then the following week we'll talk about how that God gets us to overcome our grudges or what we hold against people. Praise the Lord. Is that okay for me to push it off? Well, I know a compass I use is Psalms 119 and 165. It says, I think I may get it right, um, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. I'm telling you, sometimes things can, yeah. you can be offended, but you just have to forgive over and over and over. Yeah, and I, I know that that's, that's every one of us are going to have to face this in our coming lives, where we're going to have to forgive. And it's not fair, it's not right, it's not fun. And yet somehow you have to be able to see that something good can come from this. I mean, 
we can honestly, from our heart, forgive someone, but the devil will still try yes. to bring that hurt back. Oh, right. yes. He's the accuser of the brethren. brethren. Yes. Devil doesn't accuse people that are so enveloped in sin that they don't know their head from the whole wall. He's, he's dealing, his enemy is the church. Someone else. Well, maybe you better make copies of that when you get to that one and pass <laughs> out. <laughs> would that, I mean, it's a big would you all like me to make copies of this for you? Yes. Okay. I, 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 well, I apologize. I was so lazy yesterday. I, I debated on putting all this on my computer, and I thought, I can read it on this paper. I've got all the good stuff highlighted. How many more colors are you going to put on? Scan it. Can you show me how to do that? Yeah. You can even take a picture on your phone and then email it to yourself. We need help. We're so old. We need, I need help with scanning. Oh, mercy. Well, I'll tell you, it should, it should, but it doesn't right now because we don't. Well, I don't know what could. That one it on the should. Over there. Yeah, it they should. It, it should have. Because, um, like, my my scanner will, um, I mean, like, my phone can find my, find my printer and scanner. And because hmm. it's Bluetooth, it right. does it automatically. Right. And so you can put, um, you can do all kinds of stuff. You can have it to. Scan okay. it and it should scan to your Are phone. you working tomorrow? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I normally, you know, I'm usually using my iPad, so I'm not really printing it off. But I, but I, this is good stuff, and I, I would be happy to share this if you all want it. Yeah, but I'm dealing with this friend. Give me your email address. They're so angry with me. I can scan it and mail it to you. Oh, my goodness. That doesn't. Yeah. I just need it Help back before be two weeks from now. back Wednesday. I'd love to have a copy of it on my iPad. It's so much easier for me to use. I'm getting old and blind here, and I, I having that backlit just helps me so much. Yeah, it'll be in your photos, and you can download it and crop it and fix it. Right in your iPad. Okay, well, you may need to teach me how to do that. You can download a scanning app on your phone. Oh, brother. This is going from bad to worse. Same here, and I just got to I was going down for the last time. I know, I have a form that I have to fill out for my mother's stuff. I will. And I'm just dreading opening it. I will work with you all that. I just want to learn how to do it. So you don't have Wi-Fi. no English in yeah. I will, I will say this, that I had an issue with a lady, and no matter what meeting I'm going to, what church service I'm going to, what funeral I'm going to, what conference I'm going to, that lady is there, and I spot her immediately in the crowd. She sticks to that look. And I'm like, God, we're, we're done with this, right? <laughs> but boing, every time. And I'm just like, I'm not going. I'm not going to that meeting today because I don't want to have to see that. Or get there two hours early. And <laughs> it's, it's hard. Hmm. I do know that God can and does heal. Yes. Yeah. And he and I've had situations where he has let me forget. That's awesome. Okay. And I remember a few years ago, it was just the most special thing. I ran into someone in a restaurant, and I was actually happy to see them, and I ran and hugged their neck. And after I left the place, I thought, God has healed yeah. me. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. He healed me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was actually happy to see that person. And the other side of that is, is that God also was dealing with them. Yeah. Um, I, I had a scenario where, in the past, where I had to have confrontation with someone in the church, and it, it was, you know, it's the last thing I want to do. But eventually, I was forced to because they were a board member, and I, it wasn't right. What they it just, it wasn't. And I, and I had a confrontation happen, and I was, and. Um, uh, I, 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 I removed this person. I did it the best I could. I, 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 I tried to make sure I wasn't being vindictive. That comes in your mind. You know, am I, am I abusing someone? Am I 
you know, using my power over someone that I shouldn't be. And I, but it wasn't, the, the scenario that they were living wasn't right. And I, I, I was, I had to do something. Anyways, well, years later, I'm at their, one of their relatives is now passed. And I'm, I'm helping with a funeral. And I'm, I'm doing this. And I'm, I'm fearful of having to face them because they're there, of course. And um, the husband and wife came up to me after and said, we can only ask you to forgive us. And they went on to say how that, that they were so wrong and what they had done and blah, 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 blah. And, and, and of course, I'm amazed. <laughs> you know, you just don't get to see that too often, too often in life. And they, and they were humble and they were... And, they, and we have a good relationship now. And I'm, now I look back at the scenarios and say, I need to be faithful. I need to be upright. Uh, uh, you know, and, and God can help us. And that's all I can say. Because right. it certainly wasn't anything I said or did. Right. Thank you, Jesus. Well, this has been good today. I enjoyed this. I, I, needed, I needed to hear it. Appreciate you all. Let's go and have some great church. What do you say? Great church in my mind means we worship God, we sing, we clap our hands, we hear the preaching, and we respond at the end.